Welcome to the podcast from Church of the Nazarene. Please subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. And you can also search for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. We also invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 on our YouTube channel or Facebook Live. You can also join us in person at 9 or 1030 for our English services or 1145 for our Spanish service. We also invite you to join Celebrate Recovery every Monday night at 630. Thanks for listening. I received a a note this week and I'm going to share it with permission with you now. It says this. I don't know what else to do. I'm frustrated at myself. I'm frustrated at the people I love. I'm frustrated at God. I feel desperate. I keep praying and asking God what to do, and I just hear nothing. Nothing is happening. And meanwhile, I just feel more alone and more afraid and more desperate. I don't know what else to say. Please pray for me. If you've ever been in a season where it seems like God is silent, you are not alone. You're not alone. That's really been the focus of our series. The question of our series is what do we do? What do we do when God seems silent? We believe on this side of the death and resurrection of Jesus, God is speaking. He is speaking. He desires to speak to us, but what do we do in our lives, when that doesn't feel true, when it doesn't seem like the reality, when it seems like God is silent. Well, the truth is we can look at the life of Jesus. We can actually look at a moment of incredible pain and anguish when Jesus was being nailed to a cross, bleeding and dying, and and when the Father seemed most silent to him. We can look at that moment in the life of Jesus. What did Jesus do? Well, in Matthew 27, in Matthew 27, it says this, just these two verses. It says, from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the whole land. Why did darkness come over the whole land? Because Jesus, the Son of God, was being crucified on a cross for the sins of all humanity. And at this moment, as he, as he hung there, suffering, bleeding, dying, one of his final breaths, What does he say? It says three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemme sabachthani, which means my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Can you picture this moment in your mind? Can you picture this moment? Jesus, the son of God, there hanging dying from his wounds, from asphyxiation, because he can't catch his breath anymore. And yet, with this fleeting breath that he has left, he cries out to his father in anguish. But if you look, if you look exactly at what Jesus is doing, what's beautiful here, it's not just that he's crying out to his father. He's quoting scripture. There, hanging on the cross, suffering, dying, where God seems silent to him, he cries out to his father, but he points us back to scripture. And you may say, which scripture? Well, if you turn this way in in, in your Bible, back to the Old Testament, there's a specific psalm. It's Psalm 22. So I'm going to invite you, if you have your copy of scripture, to turn there with me. Uh, If you're a YouVersion Bible app user, uh, open up. We have a plan, an event set up there 
uh, for us today where you can follow along with some extra notes and resources. But we're going to be in Psalm 22 because that's where Jesus points us. Jesus dying on the cross. Jesus suffering pain and, and anguish for sin, the sin of all humanity. He points us right here to Psalm 22. Psalm 22, David writes these words in verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now maybe you knew that these were David's words first. Or maybe you would read those words like me and say, that sounds a lot like Jesus. That sounds a lot like Jesus' words from the cross. It's because they are. Before Jesus uttered those words, the psalmist wrote these. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. My God, I cry out by day, but you don't answer by night. I find no rest. Talk about someone who seems like God is silent. That's how I would describe it. That's how it would look in my life. That's how my prayers sound when I'm in that season where it seems like God's silent. That's what David, he's, he's laying it all out there. God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far? I'm crying out day and night. Where are you, God? Hmm. But now, and now uh, the, the psalm starts to turn because I take a lot of comfort in reading the psalms because it helps me know, man, I can just be honest before the Lord. I can come before him and lay my burdens at his feet. That's what the psalmist does. But then look at verse 3 because now this psalm, the psalm that Jesus points us to, it starts to turn. Look at the first word of verse 3, yet. So he's laying it all out there. He's crying out to the Lord, yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. This is the word of the Lord for us today. If verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 22 present the problem, God, where are you? God, are you listening? God, don't you care? Then verses 3 through 5 really offer the solution. And it comes down to one word, trust. Look at it there in verses 3 through 5. It's used three different times. In the midst of his anguish and sorrow, David points us to trust. Of all the places Jesus could point us to, as he hung, dying on a cross, he points us here to Psalm 22. Jesus pointed us to trust. Throughout this series, we've been talking about the importance, uh, the importance of what do we do in this season? What do we do? And some of you, that's your reality right now. God seems silent in your life. What do you do? Well, we began by talking about the importance of listening, really listening. God's word says, the promise of God, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And so this idea of listening, really listening for him. 
We spoke about the problem with sin, the disruption of sin. Here's what sin does in our hearts. It, it disrupts our connection with God. So, so maybe you're here today and it seems like God is silent and you're asking and you're begging and you're pleading and you're not hearing anything. It's because there's sin in your heart. There's something else in your heart. You can't sing that song. You can't pray that prayer. Uh, you can have my heart because you've given your heart to something else. Instead of God alone, something else has become Lord of your life. Something else is grabbing for your affection, your allegiance. And what does that do in our lives? It disrupts our connection. We, we aren't able to hear the voice of God because of sin. We've talked about that. We, last week, we talked about the truth of waiting. When it seems like God is silent, wait on him. Wait on him. Seasons of waiting are not wasted in God's economy. Something is happening in the waiting. My grandfather used to say that when nothing's happening, something's happening. Why? Because he understood this idea of waiting on the Lord, even when he seems silent. And trust is at the root of all of that. Think about it. Trust is at the root of all of it. Uh, Trust, trust, if you trust him, you'll listen. You'll really seek him. Desperately seek for his voice. Desperately seek him with all your heart, right? If you trust him. If you trust him, you'll want to remove any, any sin, anything in your life that's going to disrupt your connection. You don't want anything to compete with his place in your heart. If you trust him, if you trust him, you'll wait patiently. Even when the timing isn't your timing, you'll wait because you trust him. Trust him. See, if you trust him, you'll do these things, but if you don't, you won't. So the question is, when God seems silent, will you trust him anyway? Will you trust him anyway? See, I believe uh, trust is ultimately a choice. Trust is not always easy. If it comes easy for you, um, talk to me later. We'll put you up here next week with a microphone. It'll be great. Uh, But I don't think trust is easy, and I think many of you would, would feel the same. In my life, often trust has been difficult because I don't like to wait. And I don't want things to happen in a timing other than what I want. And when the timing doesn't match up with my timing or, or when uncertainty doesn't match with what I want to feel certain, I want to know and I want to know why. So trust is not easy for me. Uh, several years ago, I started something. It's not this like crazy idea. Some of you do this regularly. But with each new year, I, I began to pray about a word. What, what could a word be for this year? I believe the Lord w- would speak into that. But it would be a word for me to focus on in the coming year. And so I've done that for several years. Some of you do that. You might have a word right now for this year. But I remember several years ago, I was praying about what word could it be. And and I felt like the Lord brought me to this word, trust. I felt like I had a lot to learn. I felt like I was in the middle of really struggling. What does it mean to trust God? I felt like there were all these things in my life. I wasn't ever certain. I was just like, okay, Lord, this is my year. And I remember, I, I remember studying. I read some specific books. I remember on my phone, that was like the word on my screensaver thing, you know, and on my computer. And I, I put it on notes all around my house, you know. I looked like I was going insane, but I trust, trust, trust everywhere in front of me. And I spent that whole year leaning into that. And I felt like the Lord taught me a lot. And I remember it came time for a new year. What's my new word going to be? And I began thinking and I began reflecting. If I was being really honest, I feel like I still had a lot of room to grow in this idea of trust. In fact, at that particular time in my life, as I was reflecting on the past year, I had a lot more questions than answers. 
we had gone through a really difficult, painful, disrupted adoption journey, and I was grieving and hurting and questioning, God, where are you at in this? And so as I got to a new year, I kind of felt like I got to stick with that word because I still haven't gotten it down yet. Trust, trust, trust. And so that became my word again for another year. Truthfully, I really think trust. I really think trust has been a word, the word for me as long as I can remember. Maybe one year I picked another word just because I had to have something, you know. But, but really for me, this word trust has become a lifelong journey. <laughs> In some ways that can feel discouraging, right? I'm still, I'm still trying to learn about this. I still don't have it down. But I am learning. This is what I'm learning. The journey of faith is a journey of trust. Pastor Roger Dove, who pastored as a part of this church for a long time and is still a faithful uh, member of our church, often when I ask Roger, hey, Roger, how are you doing? He'll respond with one word, trusting. And he says it just like that, like a wise sage would, you know, trusting, you know? It's like, oh, right. (laughs) Because this journey of faith, this journey of being a disciple of, yeah, there's steps along the way and there's things, but, but often it's a daily journey of trusting today today god i trust you today i surrender and choose to trust even when god seems silent the daily journey is a journey of trust see uh, to trust god means to acknowledge something that we all deal with and i want to spend a few minutes uh, acknowledging that now because i think in the midst of a series like this we have to talk about this idea of doubt maybe Maybe you're in the room today and you, you think in a room like this, well, I'm the only one that really doubts. Everybody else is, they've got it down. I'm the only one that struggles with doubt. As we talk about trust, it's easy to look around the room and see other people. Maybe you admire their faith or who they are, their character, their courage. And you, you look at people like that and say, well, there's no way they, they have doubts like I do. Because the presence of doubt in our lives often can feel like a, a disruption to trust. It can feel like kind of the enemy of trust in our lives. And so we think when we have doubt in our life, there's no way that I'm really trusting God. There's no way I can trust him because of the doubts that I have in my life. But the truth is trust is not the absence of doubt. And if you believe that today, I want to I set you free today. I believe the Lord wants to set you free. Trust is not the absence of doubt. See, what trust is, trust is standing firm even when there are doubts present, even when I can acknowledge the doubts that I'm experiencing, trust is choosing to stand firm. And not even just stand firm, but, but to take a step, to journey ahead in trust, even when doubts are present. It's not the absence of doubt. So here's what we're going to do. My friend Steve's going to come, and uh, we're not done this morning. And a lot of times what we do is we offer time at the end of our service for ministry, for for the Lord to speak to us and for us to respond. But I don't want to wait till the end of the service because I believe this idea of doubt is so important that I think there's some of us in the room that we need to carve out a little space right now to kind of deal head on with some of the doubts that we— you may have come in feeling beat up, like you're a disappointment to God because of the doubts— that you're experiencing in today, I, I, I believe the Lord wants to set you free. So I want to acknowledge three doubts. These are not fun things to put on the screen because they're not true. These are lies, but I want to put them on the screen because I want us to acknowledge them. And maybe today you'll feel freedom thinking, wow, I thought I was the only one. 
I thought I was the only one that struggled with that. So I want to talk about three. There's more than that that we face. But I believe these three might be the biggest enemies to trust in our lives. So first, I want to talk about this. We, we doubt, we, we say this to ourselves, God doesn't care. God doesn't care. That's the lie that we believe. That's the doubt that begins to creep into our lives. God doesn't care. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever doubted that God really cared for you? The truth is some of us sitting in the room, we feel like that right now. That doubt is real because it's present today. It's a doubt that we came in here this morning and the enemy of your soul, the enemy who, who hates you and hates what God wants to do in your life, he's screaming in your ear. God doesn't care about you. In a room like this, God doesn't care about you. That's the doubt that we believe. And maybe today, you know what the Bible says. Or you know what your mom says or your friend says. Or, but you've had moments of doubt where you question, God, do you care? So what do we do with that? Well, sometimes the temptation is because we think, well, I'm, I, I believe in Jesus, you know. I have a relationship with him. I can't doubt. So what do we do? We kind of pretend like that doesn't exist. We pretend like, oh, I, I'm, not, I'm not wrestling with that. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But the problem is if we just kind of pretend like doubt isn't there, it doesn't help anything. And often what happens is instead we have a cycle of guilt and shame in our lives because we feel ashamed that we doubt. So here's what I want to invite you to do. I don't want you to pretend that doubt doesn't exist today. If you feel that way, if you're wrestling with that kind of doubt today, don't, don't pretend. Acknowledge it before the Lord. Bring it before the Lord. Because here's the danger. If we allow doubt to come and take root in our heart, that's when we're in danger. You see, it's not, it's not wrong to have doubts, but it's, it's wrong when we allow that doubt to take root and we feed that doubt, and we nurture that, and it begins to grow in our heart and compete with our affection for God. And so today, I want to invite you, if you feel that way today, if you feel like God doesn't care about you, don't push that away. Don't pretend. Bring it before the Lord. Here's what I'm going to invite you to do. I want to, right now, if you would just close your eyes. We're going to do this a few times, but I believe it's this important. I believe it's this important in our journey to trust. Here's a powerful prayer that I'm going to pray on your behalf. And if you're, if you're there today, if you're wrestling with doubt that God doesn't care, I want you to latch onto this prayer because it's for you. Prayer says this, God, the circumstances in my life right now make me feel like you don't care. If you truly cared for me, I don't understand why this would be happening. God, help me to understand the truth. Open my eyes to see you, that you still love me, even when I feel broken. And today, today, church family, today, if that is the cry of your heart, if that's your prayer, would you just repeat these four words after me? Father, I trust you. Four words, they're powerful today. Father, I trust you. You can open your eyes. I believe the second doubt that we face, the second doubt that we face often is this, that God is a liar. Maybe you've had that thought this week. 
You know, you wouldn't have the audacity to show up today and say that in front of everybody as we're in the midst of worshiping, but that's, it's a doubt you battle with regularly. The enemy is yelling in your ear, God's a liar. Sometimes we doubt. Sometimes what we feel like what we're experiencing doesn't match up with the truth of who God says he is, and it's painful. It's painful, and so that seed of doubt begins to creep in. Listen, I, I want to acknowledge today, maybe your life has been filled with people who have lied to you. Maybe you look back on your life and people that you loved, they lied to you. And so you bring that into your relationship with God. You feel like because everybody else in your life has lied to you, surely God must be a liar too. And it's just not true. So today, today, don't allow that seed to fester. Don't excuse it away. Don't allow the lie of shame to create the cycle in your life. Instead, bring it before the Lord. Bring that doubt before the Lord. And so I'm going to invite you again. Would you close your eyes and maybe you want to latch on to this prayer today. Maybe that's a doubt that, that feels real in your heart today. Maybe you know what God's word says, but, but today you're struggling to believe that it's true. And that doubt is creeping in today. Let's, let's bring that doubt before the Lord. If that's you today, just latch on to this prayer with me. God, your promises are true. Your word is true. There is so much in my life that's uncertain, and I struggle to know what is true, but I believe that you keep your promises. You have been faithful in the past. I read it in your word. I hear it in the stories of your church. I believe that you will be faithful today and into the future. And today, if that's your prayer, would you just repeat these four words after me? Father, I trust you. One more, church family. Some of us today, we're wrestling with the doubt and it goes something like this. God has abandoned me. I'm going to be honest, church, this one's real for me. I, I know it doesn't make sense, but sometimes, sometimes doubt doesn't always make sense, does it? Because it takes root in our heart and we believe it. And I'm just here to tell you, this is one for me that's personal. I've shared it with you before, but over the past couple years, this has been a constant battle of trust in my life to believe. Because the lie for me, the doubt for me is, you're all alone, Adrian. You're all alone. Nobody else is dealing with what you're dealing with. No one else is, you're all alone. In a world that's increasingly isolated, we've been talking about that, right? It's easy to resist community, push other people away, isolate yourself, the whole time convincing yourself nobody really cares. No one really understands what you're dealing with. Listen, uh, maybe in your life you've had pain. You've been abandoned by someone. I don't take that lightly today. And maybe you look in your past and all you see is the hurt and pain of someone who left you. And you've convinced yourself that God will do the same thing. I'm here to tell you today that's a lie. It's not true. It's not true. So what do you do with that doubt? Don't, don't feel ashamed 
Don't pretend, just bring it before the Lord. Say, Lord, I doubt sometimes that you're with me. I doubt sometimes that you will never leave me. Lord, I doubt that you're with me now. Bring that before him today. Would you want to join me in this prayer? If this is your prayer, I just invite you one more time. Would you close your eyes? This could be a healing moment for you, I believe. Bring that doubt before him. God, I feel alone. I feel like at times I'm the only one struggling in this way. I feel like no one else understands the struggles I'm facing. But instead of running from you, Lord, instead of running from others, I will choose to turn towards you now. I will choose to turn towards your community. If that's your prayer, would you repeat these four words? Father, I trust you. See, church, trusting God doesn't mean we ignore the feelings of doubt that we have. Doesn't mean you need to feel ashamed today when those lies creep into your when, when you when you struggle to believe what is true. Don't take my word for it. Psalm 22, what, is, what does David do? He begins by acknowledging the doubt. God, why have you abandoned me? But then, but then, he chooses trust, right? In the midst of acknowledging the doubt, what does he do? He chooses trust. That's such a helpful process for us to remember because just as I believe trust is a choice, I believe doubt is a choice too. And the bottom line for us is this, that doubting and trusting are both choices. So the question is, what is your choice today? Will you choose to doubt? Will you choose to let those seeds come in and take root and grow and grow and grow and fester? Or today, will you choose to trust in spite of those doubts? Trusting God isn't the absence of doubt. It's choosing not to give doubt the final word. Today, the invitation is when God seems silent, will you give trust the final word? The final word. This morning, we have an opportunity to come to the table. Uh, we celebrate communion. It, it's a sacrament for us. It's a means of grace. And the truth is, it, it's an incredibly powerful moment, but we're reminded, what is communion? It's, it's a symbol. It's a symbol of the body and blood of Jesus given for us. And the reason we celebrate communion, quite simply, is because Jesus instructed us to. As on the night he was betrayed, as he gathered with his disciples there in the upper room, he took the bread and he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. And I wonder how many of them had no clue what he was really talking about. And as they took the cup, he said, this is my blood poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. And, and then he said, take these and do this often when you do remember me. Remember me. That's what Jesus said. And so today, why do we celebrate communion? It's not out of some ritual or obligation or duty, but it's, Jesus, we want to remember you. We want to remember that as you, as you cried out to the Father from the cross, that was for me. We want to remember in this journey of trust, we are not alone because we can come to the table and be reminded of what Jesus has already done for us. There is nothing that you're facing today in your life that's bigger than him. There's nothing, no doubt that you're facing today that's bigger than what he has already overcome. And so today when you come to the table, 
You don't have to be a member of this church. You just have to have a heart that says, God, I trust you. I trust you. And I don't know about you, sometimes when it comes to trust, I gotta respond, I gotta do something. And so today, you can respond, you can come to the table and receive his body and blood. Reminder that he is trustworthy. Our pastors are gonna come and be available by the table. If you need someone to pray with you or for you, that's why we're here, we would love to do that. Some may wanna take the elements back to their seat and spend a few moments praying. Some may wanna gather at an altar. Some with their family may just wanna gather together and receive those elements together, but you obey and respond to the voice of the Lord today. Would you stand now to your feet? Would you stand as we pray and as we respond to the voice of the Lord? God, you're here and you're present and we choose now to respond to you. We trust you, Lord. We trust you. And if there's anybody else in the room today that wrestles, that struggles in the midst of some doubt, in the midst of uncertainty today, I pray our response would be to move towards you, not away from you, a step towards you, journeying and trust. So be with us now. Come speak to us, Lord. Heal us. Redeem the broken places of our lives. Give us new faith, new trust in who you are. Thank you so much for listening today. Go ahead and subscribe to our channel for updates and new episodes. And if you have any questions about our church or ministries, go ahead and email us at info at cotnaz.org.